Today on Quick Counsel, we have a very special episode for you because I'm going to be talking to a really good friend of mine about the difficult issues of pornography and sexual addiction. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Quick Counsel podcast, where we will give you a simple and practical understanding of counseling issues and how they might apply to your life. Here's your host, Pastoral Counselor Brett Legg. Joining me at the mic today is my good friend, Eric Almodovar. Eric is a pastoral counselor in Grovetown, Georgia, and he's at our Warren Grovetown campus. He's well-versed and gifted in helping people, but especially in helping people with the issues of pornography and sexual addiction. So, Eric, welcome to Quick Counsel. Well, thanks for having me, Brett. I'm looking forward to, to talking about this. This is a passion of mine, so... It's be good. And this is something we've needed out there for a long time. So let's kick this off by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and about the journey that brought you to this place of helping people with this issue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I can take the rest of our time if I'm not careful. So I'll give you the bite-sized version. I grew up in church and went to Bible college. I met my bride there and we got married just as I began my first job in a church as a youth pastor. Now, the truth that was going on behind the curtain was that I was struggling with lust and pornography for a lot of years. Of course, it started with magazines and renting movies from the video store, although some have no idea what those are. I apologize. (laughs) Uh, But (laughs) it eventually becomes an addiction, uh, and that's what happened to me. As you can imagine, uh, it caused a lot of damage and pain to my wife and our marriage, was on the fence for a lot of my 20s, unfortunately. But eventually we found freedom and sobriety after finding a place that had some that gave us some tools uh, that would help us. They're the same tools that I use to help others today. And God has been good. And after fighting freedom from addiction, I felt his call in my life to help others as well. And that's why we're here. So uh, other than, tell me this, other than your own personal story, why is this so important for you to help others with this issue? I mean, some people might say, hey, once you're free from that, why go back and get tangled up in it? Why is this so important to you? Yeah. Well, I firmly believe this problem has really become an epidemic in our homes and even throughout our churches. I mean, we're concerned about a COVID pandemic, but this is certainly a pandemic that has been happening for years. And we a lot of people just don't know about it. We live in the information age and the birth of the Internet has provided lots of valuable resources, but it has also introduced us to this terrible gateway to sin. And well, we're just two clicks away from anything we could possibly imagine sexually. It becomes a major stronghold in the lives of men and women. Now, Satan has been so masterful at making things like masturbation and pornography commonplace and creating an everybody-does-it atmosphere. But I strongly believe it's a hidden struggle with more men and women today than we realize. And I have some statistics for you, Brett. Over 40 million Americans are regular visitors to porn sites. 68% of church-going men and over 50% of pastors view porn on a regular basis. And the average age that a child is first exposed to porn is 11 Porn is an epidemic, and um, it's destroying our homes and families right under our noses. You you said this has become so commonplace, and it has become very commonplace. So my question is, if it's that commonplace, then what is the signs 
that someone truly has a problem with pornography or sexual addiction? Are there are there specific signs? That's a good question, Brett. Sexual addiction is a compulsive behavior that completely dominates your life. Sexual addicts make sex a priority more important than family, friends, or work. Everything revolves around it. They're willing to sacrifice what they cherish most to preserve and continue this unhealthy behavior. Now, there are patterns of out-of-control sexual behavior. Now, here's some examples. Compulsive masturbation, indulging in pornography, having chronic affairs, dangerous sexual practices, prostitution, anonymous sex, or compulsive sexual episodes. Now, for sex addicts, sex is like a food or a drug that other addictions have, right? The other addictions, they provide a high, quote-unquote, that the addict depends on in order to feel normal. This temporary pleasure and unhealthy relationships become more important than forming real, true, healthy, intimate relationships. Now, sexual addicts, they go down the same path as those with other addictions. There's a repetitive struggle to control the behavior, which is followed by a deep sense of despair for continuously failing to do so. Self-esteem gradually decreases and in increasing the need to escape into the sexual addictive behavior. So it's like this vicious cycle. It's a snowball effect. Absolutely. So here's some questions that people need to ask themselves if they're wondering they might be a sex addict. Number one, do you have sexual behaviors with yourself, pornography, or others? Number two, are you unable to be honest about your sexual behavior? Number three, have you caused pain in your relationships due to your sexual behavior? Number four, have you had consequences either financially, relationally, or socially due to your sexual behavior? Number five, have you continued your sexual behavior even though you have had consequences? Number six, do you have difficulty not lusting or objectifying people? Number seven, do you use secret emails, web subscriptions, or prostitute services? And number eight, finally, do you have a core belief that if you really knew me, you wouldn't love me? If you have one or two of these, you don't have to have them all, but if you've got a couple of these, then you've got a problem. So it only takes one or two of those to put you in that category. Absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. Now, I know you work predominantly with men, but do do women, kids, et cetera, et cetera, do they have those struggles too? Oh, yeah, absolutely, Brett. 87% of Christian women have watched porn, um, and that's a statistic that has been proven. So women deal with this just as much as men do, and it's becoming more and more so. Now, men are more visually oriented Right. And so because of that, we generally assume that men are the primary culprits uh, and, and sufferers of this thing. But the the usage of women and pornography has increased more and more because there's a lack of intimacy in their lives because their guys are probably hooked on pornography as well or sexual and and getting their intimacy from other places. Well, that kind of gets to my next question, because my next question was going to be, is this really all just about sex or is there something else behind it? Yeah, that's a great question. I always tell my guys in group that addiction in any form, but specifically here in the sexual area, is just a symptom of a deeper problem. You see, when we were young, we learned to medicate our negative feelings instead of working through them. So we find a happy place, quote unquote. 
The kicker is this, though. Before you can find out the root problem of your sexual addiction, you have to get off the medication. You see, the the pornography, the masturbation, those are symptoms of a deeper issue. But you can't get to the deeper issues until you stop the action of medicating the negative feelings. So we have to get to a place where you have some sobriety under your belt. And once you have some sobriety, then you can start to get to some of the whys. But we got to stop the activity first. So you can't get to the root if you keep self-medicating the root. Exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, If someone, I mean, you've worked with a lot of people here. And I know there's a lot of steps involved here, but is it hard for people to reach out and get help with this? Absolutely. It's hard. What makes it so hard? Sex addiction often starts in a man's teenage years or woman's teenage years as they use they usually begin to train their brain to attach to the fantasy world through pornography, masturbation. Their intimacy, their source of intimacy becomes this false intimacy, right? Now, sex addiction can cause some serious challenges in relational sex or real sex because they have neurologically attached their brain to the fantasy image or the fantasy act. So when they have sex in real life, Sometimes they have to close their eyes or they have to disconnect from reality because they are so consumed with the fantasy world. And because it's such a personal thing, I mean, our sex is like at the core of our being, you know, because of that, it's so hard for us to reach out and let other people know and bring them in. But believe it or not, that's the secret to getting over this thing. So, and and what I think I heard you say was that fantasy sex always tends to trump normal sex. Normal sex can never live up and reach the bar for fantasy sex. Yeah, absolutely. Which makes it harder in the relationship. Absolutely. Well, because real relationships, they take work, right? Uh, I have to invest in my wife and I have to love on her and I have to have a relationship with her before she would ever want to have sex with me, right? But if I go to a screen... The screen says yes every time, regardless. And the screen always likes you. (laughs) That's right. There's no investment, right? So it always says yes. They always say yes on the screen. And so there's no investment. There's no work. um, But real relationships take some work. So so. if it's this hard, then what is it that usually causes somebody to reach out? Usually um, they they, they, they reach a rock bottom. Um, a lot of times they get caught, uh, or they realize that their lives are in shambles. And, you know, the first thing that you really need to do in order to truly address this addiction is probably the hardest thing. And that's to ask for help, just to reach out, find somebody that you trust. It is so hard for guys to admit weakness and ask for help. But here it is absolutely critical. One of the biggest lies that lust likes to use is you can handle this by yourself. Once you believe that lie, all hope is lost for you getting better. It's gone. So for those of you that are Christian out there, the Bible tells us in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, right? But there's a difference between forgiveness and healing. So for those of you that are Christian out there and dealing with this struggle, constantly asking God to forgive you, but then unfortunately going back 
to it again and again. That struggle is real. And that was my struggle for a long time. But there's a difference between forgiveness and healing. Forgiveness is found in 1 John 1, 9. But healing is found in James 5.16. James 5.16 says, if we confess our sins to one another, then you may be healed. There's power in bringing other people into it. That's why programs like AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, work. They may not know it, but they're following a biblical principle that they are being accountable to each other and they're being honest about their struggle. And in so doing, they are releasing the power and the bondage that it has on their life. So you're saying basically there's two things here. There has to be confession. There has to be community. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. There's got to be confession. There's got to be accountability. You've got to be willing to surrender, right, your pride, which is a big deal for guys. But we've got to be able to lay that down and say, hey, I can't do this alone. I mean, the first step that we take in recovery, and if you look at Alcoholics Anonymous or Sexaholics Anonymous, the first step says we admitted that we were powerless over our addiction and that our lives had become unmanageable. And you have got to come to the point where you say, I have no power over this. I can't end this on my own. I can't do this on my own. I need other people with skin on to help me through this. Okay, It's easy for a Christian to say, I'm going to reach out to God. Me and God are going to work on this thing together. That's great. But the healing is James 5.16. God told you where the healing comes from. Confess your sins to one another. Then you may be healed. Forgiveness may be instantaneous, but healing is a process. So typically the hardest step is the very first step, the the coming clean with it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, here's what I want you to do. Is there really hope, truly hope in finding freedom and healing from sexual addiction and pornography? I mean, is it ever too late? Speak to the person that's listening to this and wondering those questions. Yeah, there is absolutely hope. I know personally, I've lived a lot of years in bondage myself and freedom is a very real reality. You need to find someone that you can be accountable to today or find a recovery group that encourages behavior change. When you establish accountability measures, you create solid boundaries, you can begin to live an addiction-free life. But you have got to reach out. You have got to do the work. You can't hack your way into the middle of a jungle and then decide, hey, it's time to get out. The only way to get out is to hack your way out. There's some of us, some of you that are listening, there's been a lot of years of hacking your way into the middle of that jungle. And you're gonna, it's going to take some time to get out. I wish there was a magic pill to give you so that you could stop. But that's not how it works. You've worked your way to get in. You've built these defenses. You've built these, these bad habits. And it's going to take time to work your way out. So you've got to be willing to put that time in, to put the work in. Trust in the Lord for it. And there's a saying in recovery that we always use. And we say, without God... You can't, but without you, he won't. Interesting, interesting. So it's hard, yes. There's hope, yes. This is what I'm hearing you say. Absolutely, absolutely there is hope. There is hope. Uh, That freedom is real and it can be peaceful. And it's amazing the peace that you can have if you truly just surrender your life and your heart to him 
God is ready and willing. He has already forgiven you for those things, but you have to accept the fact that you're forgiven. And then you've got to start doing some of the things, the practices that need to be put in place so that you can change those bad habits. Well, Eric, I appreciate you coming in today. We're going to have to wrap this up, but I appreciate you sharing your story. I appreciate you sharing steps and sharing hope and and talking about this really, really difficult issue. If someone's listening to this podcast and they want to contact you, how would they do that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So I'm the counseling pastor at Warren and Grovetown. So you can go to warrengrovetown.org slash counseling and has all of our information there if you're in the Augusta, Georgia area. Um, Or you can email me, counseling at warrengrovetown.org. Those emails come straight to me. They're 100% confidential. Nobody else sees them. Uh, So if you have any questions or you need some help with some resources, even if you're out of the area, I'd be more than happy to help you uh, because I have a small network of other people that could possibly help. Um, If you're in the area, you can call our church office, 706-922-7600, and mention mine, you know, ask for me, and I'll be more than happy to talk with you more about it. Eric, thanks again for all the work you do. Thanks for your friendship, and thanks for coming on Quick Counsel today. Thanks for having me, Brad. I appreciate it. Well, that's it for Quick Counsel today. I hope you found it helpful, and it's certainly an episode that I hope you'll share with someone who might need it. And we hope you'll subscribe to Quick Counsel or wherever you get your podcasts. So until the next time, we hope to see you at Quick Counsel. Have a great week. We'll see you then. Thanks for joining us today for Quick Counsel. This podcast is meant to give you a simple understanding of counseling issues and is in no way intended as a substitute for professional counseling or therapy. If you feel you need further help, please contact a local counselor, therapist, or physician. Thanks for listening, and we hope you will join us for the next episode of Quick Counsel.